Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include borrower equity positions, my interview with Change Wholesale's Bill Durham on cycle time and the customer experience, and what to look forward to from the Fed meeting this week. Today's podcast is brought to you by Simple Nexus, an Encino company and award-winning developer of mortgage technology for today's modern lenders. Simple Nexus is the digital mortgage platform of choice for tens of thousands of loan officers at hundreds of independent mortgage banks. Simple Nexus delights users with the ease of single sign-on simplicity to support home buying from anywhere. Learn more at simplenexus.com. People ask why I have a problem with sensationalist headlines. Well, who are you going to believe? Either Realtor.com, who tells us that foreclosures are spiking, or CoreLogic, who tells us that mortgage delinquencies are at an all-time low. Logically, given the equity position that many borrowers have, including plenty of all-cash buyers that have been going strong, their credit profile, and a huge demand by millions of people in their 20s and 30s, a lot of foreclosures makes little to no sense. And growth in certain areas continues, something that every lender should be aware of. Nine of the nation's 15 fastest-growing cities were in the South, according to Vintage 2022 population estimates released by the U.S. Census Bureau. Of the nine fastest-growing cities in the South, six were in Texas. Following the population increase of 14% in Georgetown, Texas, was Santa Cruz, California, with a 12% increase, adding roughly 7,000 people to its population. The next three fastest-growing cities were also in Texas. Kyle, Leander, and Little Elm. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome to the show Change Wholesale's Bill Durham to talk about cycle time and the customer experience. As SVP of Wholesale Operations at Change Mortgage, he's a highly accomplished mortgage professional with a proven track record of success in building and leading operations platforms. He has experience at One West Bank, Bank of California, Mr. Cooper, Sprout Mortgage, and Sovereign Lending Group, bringing a wealth of experience to the Change Wholesale team. Mr. Durham started as a recruiter at IndyMac Bank before quickly transitioning into a loan processor role and spending 11 years honing his skills there. He has a well-rounded background across multiple business channel positions, making him a valuable asset and allowing him to contribute to Change Wholesale's overall success. At the, the secondary conference by MBA last month in Manhattan, it seemed like the main discussion topic was borrower experience. Borrower experience, borrower experience. That's the next frontier uh, for mortgage lending. And so I'm going to ask you specifically, how has change worked to improve the customer experience in the current market? Sure. So over the last year and a half, uh, we focus heavily on improving the customer experience. I believe that a loan that closes in 15 days versus 30 inherently has uh, less touch points, less updates needed, um, more transparency for the customer. And cycle time has been one of the main drivers uh, to efficiency. And we focused our efforts for the better half of last year on um, training, both internal and external, uh, communication, technology, and really putting the right people in the right seats. Can you explain where training or technology can actually drive down 
cycle times where you're seeing reductions in the time to close? Uh, absolutely. So um, we have a strong internal train or strong training team. <clears throat> and so everything that we do in-house, we're pretty transparent. So we'll post to our broker's portal. And if it's a job aid for an internal uh, person, for sure, the uh, external customer is most likely confused or in, in need of some sort of training. So um, we are diligent about pushing out um, training that we see that we need an in-house uh, outside of these walls. Um, as far as technology, we're always pushing, and this is, um, you know, something go, I can dive into a little more, we're always pushing for automation. So if we can take clicks away, if we can take uh, redundancy away, if, I, if I'm having a user input and appraised value in one screen, and then three screens later, they have to put that appraised value in again, I'm going to map it. And so that's what we're focused on is just driving down the number of clicks, um, getting in front of obstacles that we see. Again, we typically see the rub internally and our training department reacts. And then we are quick to post it externally too, because we know it's going to be a rub on the outside and just try to mitigate frustrations and make it, you know, when people come to change to submit alone, it's as seamless as possible. What are the the measurable improvements that you've seen? Uh, where I guess I guess you know how how much a measurable? Yeah, so this is a, my passion, my wheelhouse. I love this. So <clears throat> over this period, the the year and a half, let's call it, uh, we have decreased our average days to fund by thirty seven percent. So you know, beginning of last year, kind of an ugly number, and we're we're in the the thirty ish average um, cycle time and we're just always trying to improve to get it um, drop it down um, all along this period we've been soliciting feedback from on how to improve from our account executives um, our account managers and and for sure our customers uh, with all all these groups we try to over communicate <clears throat> also like I said we have no shortage of trained material and job aids um, they're constantly circling around the building. And the technology group is very active. And um, I would say the market slowdown actually allowed us to fine tune and pick apart some of our processes in order to save minutes and, and really seconds because they all add up. And I believe that creates a behavioral change in an organization. Everybody's rowing in the same direction. Speed and accuracy are the target. You use the phrase pushing for innovation, previous answer, and I want you to expand on that a little bit. What do you mean by pushing for innovation? How are you pushing for innovation? Uh, and what, what are the fruits of those that labor ultimately? Uh, sure. So <clears throat> a lot of it is just has been around feedback from external customers. So if someone, you know, they have a multitude of platforms that they log into as a TPO. And so that they can give us some feedback, maybe if one is has something that's a little more slick than ours, we, we ingest that and we, we act on it the best we can, right? So if, if there's a, a rub with an external customer on something that can be more as, of, um, as, of ease, then we'll try to, to emulate that. Uh, doesn't always work, but you know they may be on a different system, but trying to make the, 
the customer experience uh, easy and um, repeatable so that every time they put a loan in, they get the same result, let's say, as far as the entry. I like that, easy and repeatable. So mm -hmm. as as we're at, as I, as I said, this precipice of the customer experience revolution, uh, what's the future look like? How, how do things continue to advance? Uh, what, what's your hope for where we'll be in a year or two, three? Yeah, so I mean, I'm always looking to automate. <clears throat> And there's still people involved with this, you know, it's not always taking away um, a, a warm body, but there's so much automation that can um, be enacted that just helps the user experience, uh, even with the user still there. So it also allows for us to be uh, nimble and react quicker to volume fluctuation. That's if it's up or down. And um, like I said before, the ultimate goal is to streamline the process as much as possible for the customer. And, and whether they send us one loan or a hundred, it's this same repeatable process. And um, in my heart of hearts, figuring out how to maintain service levels is our problem. And we take it serious. What do you see as the areas that are right for automation or things that, that would be easy for lenders to enact uh, today to further automate the process? So there's a lot of work that's been done over the last few years, I think, with, with um, uh, OCR. And I think, um, you know, you, when you speak with people, some, of it, some people like it, some don't. Some say it's hit or miss. But I think there's some technology that's out there as of late that's better um, or built upon what the platform before and, and have made improvements. And so, you know, some of the stuff that's super labor intensive, like indexing, whether it's for a person I have working in this office or if it's for the TPO, for a processor they have in their office. Um, pricing. Always, everybody has, I think, their favorite pricing engines or LOSs, but, you know, making the pricing uh, streamline, making it um, easy to read, you know, not, I think people, not a lost start with rate sheets at all, but I think people rely heavily on a pri uh, pricing engine, um, whether it's for a pre-qual or when they're trying to lock a loan. And so just making that um, easier process, making it transparent for, you know, if there's pricing adjustments or rate adjustments, um, and and uh, just kind of, it all circles back to just the, the user experience, um, making us kind of stand out so when they're thinking about where they're going to submit a loan, if all things are equal for a product, uh, then you know they know that they're going to have ease of use for submission. And then for sure, when it gets inside these walls, they're going to have communication and then speed and accuracy. I think AI has been a bug recently, but automation and AI are not necessarily the same thing. I mean, people have a lot of uh, reluctance around the, the cost of AI and that sort of thing. Can you explain? how they're different and, and how automation uh, is, a, is a much more cost-effective way to go about things, at least in the short term for companies. Yeah, I mean, I think AI is going to be crucial in, in reports and kind of um, predictive modeling for projections for a, a lender. Um, you know, you probably see a lot of that stuff coming soon. Um, on the automation, I mean, it's still like a lot of the automation that I'm, I'm 
I is in my wheelhouse, like I said, that I try to to, to get going um, for the year and a half I've been here, I think, um, is still a user touch. And so it's still a warm body. Um, they just, it's taking something away of some labor intensive tasks that they had to do. So they still have to start and they still have to end the process, but I'm trying to clean up what's in between. Very well put. Bill, I really enjoyed this. Uh, this customer experience stuff gets me excited because it ultimately means people are going to enjoy the home. Consumers are going to the borrowing process versus feeling like they're going to the dentist to get their teeth pulled. Uh, thank you very much for your time today. Yeah, thank you, Robbie. Appreciate it. It was a quiet week for economic news last week, and even more so with no communication from Fed officials ahead of this week's Federal Reserve monetary policy decision. Data released over the last week showed that while economic expansion is slowing, the economy is still expanding. The ISM Services Index declined for the fourth consecutive month, but the service sector is growing. Initial jobless claims unexpectedly jumped to 261,000 last week, and while this is still relatively low, it may indicate that some firms are reducing headcounts. Employment has remained strong despite slowdowns throughout the economy and higher interest rates. Housing benefited from a brief respite from higher rates, but as rates recently moved back towards 7%, mortgage purchase applications have fallen each of the last four weeks. Expectations are for the Federal Open Market Committee to hold the Fed funds rate steady following its meeting this week in what may end up simply being a push to July's meeting to allow for more economic data to present itself. The Consumer Price Index inflation data will be released prior to the meeting, with retail sales and manufacturing data to follow thereafter. Tomorrow's CPI report for May is likely to show inflation continuing to slow as gasoline prices and used car prices were down during the month. Demand for home furnishings also eased due to the lack of home sales. The job market is still stronger than the committee would like to see to ease inflation pressures, but unemployment claims have risen off their lows and the unemployment rate ticked up slightly in May. However, the committee members are divided as to the appropriate direction for monetary policy at this juncture. As a result, the market is only pricing in a 30% probability that the Fed funds rate is at its current level following July's policy decision. This week is packed with risk events, including Fed and other central bank meetings, front-loaded supply, and data. The FOMC meeting is tomorrow on Wednesday, with the statement and updated summary of economic projections due on Wednesday, followed by Chair Powell's press conference. The European Central Bank and Bank of Japan will also be out with their latest decisions on Thursday and Friday. Regarding MBS and besides more FDIC sales, agency Class B 48 hours is tomorrow, with Class C on Thursday. Today's calendar includes a treasury auction of $32 billion of reopened 10-year notes and the May budget deficit. We begin the day with agency MBS prices unchanged from Friday, as is the 10-year yielding 3.75. The two-year is at 4.61% as the yield curve inversion continues. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Roy and Ernest went moose hunting every winter without success. Finally, they came up with a foolproof plant. They got a very authentic female moose costume and learned the mating call of a female moose. The plan was to hide in the costume, lure the bull, and then come out of the costume and shoot the bull. They set themselves up on the edge of a clearing, donned their costume, moved into their tent, and began to give the moose love call. 
Before long, their call was answered as a bull came crashing out of the forest and into the clearing. When the bull was close enough, Roy said, Okay, let's get out and get him. After a moment that seemed like an eternity, Ernest shouted, The zipper is stuck. What are we going to do? To which Roy replied, Well, I'm going to start nibbling grass, but you better brace yourself. Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, the homeownership platform that unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end-to-end solution that spans engagement, origination, closing, incentive compensation, and business intelligence. To learn more about Simple Nexus and Encino Company, visit simplenexus.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.